Today on The Future of Fandom, we protect you, starting with your stuff. My name's Adam Connor. I'm your host, and on this episode, we explore how Extend is building and borrowing fandoms in the name of protecting product with their founder and CEO, Woody Levin. On the show, Woody refers to Extend as the Apple Care for everything, and our conversation drifts into what a best-in-class e-commerce purchasing experience might look like in the future. He's betting that it will include warranties on what you love written in plain English, and that consumers will grow to demand that just as they do for protection for their iPhones. Woody also talks about how you can't create external fans without internal ones, which we haven't touched on too much on this show, but it carries extra weight when talking about an industry not known, at least not yet, for having fans. I'm not sure how many extended warranty brands have that right now, but they might down the road. So let's get some coverage on this topic and predict the future with Extend and Woody Levin. Woody, thank you so much for joining me. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Adam. It's a pleasure. We should start, of course, as most of these do. It's probable that a lot of people know what you are, but they don't see you until the very end of their normal shopping experience. So could you please start us out? by just describing what Extend is and why it started. Absolutely, I'd be happy to. So Extend, and I love that we say that it's probable that a lot of people know. I, I love that. And, you know, we, we do work with over 800 merchants. Oh, we're certainly hopeful, yeah. Yes. But yeah. We work with over 800 merchants today offering modern, digitally native, best-in-class extended warranties and product protection. And what I mean by that is... You know, Amazon, Best Buy, Costco, Walmart, Wayfair, when you were checking out and buying something, you many times are offered to an extended warranty or what we call product protection on that purchase. But you really don't know what you're buying. You don't know how the service is going to be. The customer experience could be really poor as it is with many of the legacy players out there. And uh, the customer isn't informed. It's not a transparent offer to them. Uh, and what's covered, what's not covered. Is there a deductible? How do you file a claim? What does that process look like? So Extend is solving all that. Um, Extend, well, let me take a step back. What we found is that a lot of people don't love extended warranties as the legacy players provide them, but they do love AppleCare. And I don't know, Adam, if, if you buy AppleCare, do you? I do. Yeah, I'm a customer of AppleCare, yeah. Fantastic. So AppleCare has almost 85% of Apple and iPhone owners add Apple Care, and it's a huge revenue generator for them. And they've figured out a way to provide customers with a great value that is called Apple Care, but it's really just an extended warranty. So think of Extend as Apple Care for everything modern, digitally native, approachable, fair, transparent, and where customers can get value. So we created an easy to integrate or API first solution that allows any merchant to offer extended warranties and protection plans on the products they sell uh, while doubling down on, on focusing on the best customer service in the industry, as well as making sure that for merchants, we can also drive significantly higher attach rates uh, than any of our competitors. So in a nutshell, you should think of Extend as AppleCare for everything, uh, really a, a modern uh, next generation e-commerce tool that levels the playing field for all merchants and allows them to offer the optionality customers have come to expect from the biggest retailers in the world. Okay, helpful foundation. And that is a good way to explain it. Apple Care for everything. Folks, that's, I mean, 
you'll know exactly what extend is. And I didn't say that tongue-in-cheek at the beginning. You've probably literally seen. In fact, you may have gotten an extend warranty and not immediately attached the name to this, but now you will. So this ease of use is something that I have explored uh, specifically within fintech with the various instruments in which you can invest your money today. I mean, that continues to grow almost by the minute. And in that world, it's all about access to information and ease of investment. Now, you mentioned ease of use in sort of picking up an extend warranty uh, or an extend policy with anything that you buy. What else do you see as a gap in that total e-com transaction that helps to set your mind towards what a next-gen or future state of e-com experience, um, the way that it is? I'm Obviously, this is where you're developing and spending all your time right now, but I'm, I'm just curious if there's like sort of a higher ecosystem that you think this is part of that it's modeled after. Well, I mean, if you look at the best retailers in the world today, right, they're offering same-day shipping. Right? Not everyone does that, but the best retailers do, in my opinion. The biggest retailers do, in my opinion. They're offering buy now, pay later, or consumer point-of-sale financing, right? Different ways for you to purchase that item. Um, they're offering product protection. Uh, they're offering returns management or free returns. So I think there's this modern e-commerce stack, right, that the largest merchants, the largest retailers have been using for some time now. Um, and in order to truly compete with them, you have to have these, these bells and whistles. You have to offer customers these options. Now, you can say, well, you know, sure, I get it, but you're not going to get the limited edition or the bespoke products, right, on an Amazon or on a Walmart that you would get when you go directly to the OEM or directly to uh, the manufacturer or the fashion designer. And you're probably right. right? So there are ways to accomplish uh, differentiating yourself from uh, the marketplaces or the big retailers with, you know, special products. But that's a much bigger lift, right, than just saying, hey, there's all these uh, tools that I can now use too and uh, sign me up. So at the end of the day, of course, this just makes for uh, the best possible customer experience. And that, that's where we focus a lot of our time here on the podcast is to learn how that experience is being built and the various uh, pieces that layer together to create it. Now, I'm going to stoke this next question a little bit because those various pieces can come together. And, and of course, as e-commerce has really come into its own and, you know, let's say across the, the 2000s broadly, uh, that tends to be piecemeal. Things come in here and there. You know, you put in different widgets here, different suppliers there. But you know, uh, you note rather the importance of owning uh, the full stack of that. Can you explain what that is a little bit more and, and put it into the the mind of a, of a consumer who may be experiencing that piecemeal process today? So when I say, when we say, you know, Extend owns the full service contract stack and service contracts are just a different way to say extended warranties and protection plans. Um, when we say we own the full stack and that we believe it's necessary to own the full stack in order to drive the best customer experience, um, we mean that you need to control the technology enabled broker so what that is, is that's the pre-built integrations into the e-commerce platforms like Shopify, Magento, BigCommerce, WooCommerce, IBM Hybris, uh, and many others. It's the administration layer. So you need to be licensed 
in all 50 states in order to be an administrator of service contracts. And the administrator is who controls the customer experience, the approval and the denial of the claims. The, uh, what is it, do you get a replacement? Do you get a repair? Um, what does that look like when you get reimbursed? Do you send someone a prepaid debit card or a check in the mail? Or can you actually keep them in the merchant's ecosystem, turning a potentially negative experience into a positive one like Extend does and getting them a replacement directly from that merchant? So controlling that customer experience by the administrator is, is so important. And then last but not least, there's the underwriting, right? So again, technology-enabled broker, administrator controlling the customer journey, and then the underwriter. The underwriter is who's taking on the balance sheet risk of these programs. Now, that may sound pretty mundane, but it's important that the underwriter or the obligor who's taking on the balance sheet risk of the programs can create bespoke programs that serve the customers best. And, you know, I'm happy to give some examples of that later on, but it's, we found really owning the full stack from the selling, the brokering, the selling of the protection plan to the administration, the customer experience, if and when something goes wrong. And how do you utilize that protection plan to get a repair or replacement of the product, um, as well as the underwriting are all necessary elements uh, to be a leader in this space. Yeah, I would feel much more comfortable if any of my buying experiences, uh, at least in my head, gave me the perception that it was all in one house, so to speak, and not even just from a fluidity of experience but just from my, I don't want my data going here, there, and everywhere else. You know, as a as a customer and as a regular Joe who who's always weary and wary of that kind of thing. Um, I agree, and not, not just as a business operator. Of course, if I were owning the business, I want to own every piece of it too. But I think that is going to continue to be part of best-in-class customer experience for anybody because the more barriers that you can take away, the more obstacles mentally or otherwise you can take away to a consumer engaging with your thing, whatever that thing is, um, you get them closer and closer to becoming a fan. But, I mean, are there really fans of like extended warranties on things? I, I want to get your thoughts here because I've talked to a lot of folks and a lot of brands for whom the word fandom is tangential, maybe translatable, but here it seems like completely extraterrestrial. So could you help me figure out how Extend works to build something close to a fandom within the consumers it serves? You know, fandom or promoters or advocates of our service offering, that's what we strive to do every single day is build that. We are in the midst of building, and we're doing a pretty good job of it thus far, a consumer-facing brand that is recognized across hundreds of different merchants that's trusted, that's reliable, and that gives you value. And that's the end goal here, right? No legacy company in the service contract or extended warranty space has built a powerful brand. The net promoter scores of these insurance companies that run service contract businesses or the service contract businesses is in the low 20s. Our CSAT score is over 92, over 92. We're talking step functions greater than what it is today. So we are so focused on, again, building promoters, building happy customers, which become fans of our product. 
and they talk about the experience they had with Extend, how easy it was to file a claim, how we replaced their products immediately from the retailer they bought it from or from that manufacturer, how we very quickly got to a resolution on their claim, how they didn't have to jump through the hoops that they thought they were going to. Again, creating this elegant, digitally native, modern, dare I even say, uh, delightful experience around extended warranties. Because when you need us, if we're trying to create obstacles, create hurdles around filing a claim, then you're not going to be our fan. But if we can create this streamlined experience and do what we promised, you're going to tell your friends about it. Next time you see it, you're going to buy it. And it will create this flywheel, right? It will create this flywheel where merchants will be incentivized to work with Extend because they know their customers are going to get a great experience. We are an extension of our merchant partners. One of the reasons we've been able to grow so quickly is because of the fact that we have created, to use your, your language, your vernacular, fans of Extend both merchants who are fans of how we integrate and how we drive revenue, but also consumers who are fans of Extend because if we stand behind our offering, we service them well. The flywheel is where I'd like to turn for a moment because it's a really advantageous thing as a business, of course, to be able to, at least at the beginning, when nobody really knows who you are, borrow the, well, fandom, but really consumer base of somebody else, adding on a you know value-added service, and then in time, creating a core of people who love you for you. I talked about this earlier in our podcast with Rakuten and serving as a marketplace within which you could buy your favorite pair of shoes or from your favorite retailer. And now they have developed an audience where they, some of their diehards will only shop through Rakuten no matter what. If Rakuten isn't attached, it doesn't matter what the brand is. They won't do it. And maybe that's because of the benefits they get. And, and you know, in their case, it's not ease of service or ease of claim, but it's like the cashback. Do you see brands of the future who become really sticky start in that same way, quote unquote, borrowing other fandoms to create a flywheel of, I don't know, a flywheel of fandom. Does that make sense? Sure. You know, I can't speak to how others, you know, will grow or how others think about it. I can really only be specific to extent. And I can tell you that from the beginning, it was deliberate for us to focus on delivering an up level, dare I even say the best customer experience in the industry right from the start, because we knew at the end of the day, if we served our merchants customers well, the chances of them ever leaving us and going somewhere else were very small. And the opportunity for us to grow organically from the ground up, because all these merchants talk to each other, right? All the merchants are saying, you know, what new tool are you using? Or, or how can you improve my business? They all talk to each other and they share information. And um, for Extend, they talk to their customers too. And when their customers have a great experience with Extend, they promote us to other merchants. And we've seen that. That's one of the reasons. I mean, we're only 37 months old. We've only been selling for just over two years. And we already have more than 800 merchants on our platform, including Peloton and Brilliant Earth and Traeger Grills and Advanced Auto Parts and uh, you know, Sur La Table, uh, Nectar Sleep, 
Uh, it's just, it's, it's amazing how quickly we've gotten traction in the industry. And number one, I think that's because the industry was really looking to, again, level the playing field and have these uh, next generation or future e-commerce tools. Um, but number two, because of how maniacally focused we are on driving a best in class customer experience that hasn't been seen before. So no matter how these brands build their consumer bases, and yes, great experiences at the center of it, I think it also comes down to just, just being easy to get, just being easy to understand it. And that, that's where I want to go next. Again, I mentioned earlier in the show that I've spoken with in other industries, and that was like the real basis of like how they became sticky was like, well, we make investing in blankety blank easy. And I've even talked about insurance too. It's really easy to get a policy, you know, with some people out there, blah, blah, blah. And that's become a real selling point. Um, let's talk about the brand value, no matter who you are, unlocked, when you just make things clear, put things in plain language. Anybody who's read a contract for anything understands you can stuff it with a lot of legalese and confuse people very quickly. I'm sure you knew that as well. And getting into this world, probably you were tempted with quite a bit of that, at least up front, but, uh, you know, as a way to protect yourself. Let's talk about how you can create these relationships much more easily when you sort of get out of your own way. So I don't know if you knew this, but I'm actually, so I'm a licensed attorney. And, uh, okay. So maybe it was in your DNA to be like, Oh God, but I really shouldn't say this, that, and to warn them, you know, or whatever. Right. I mean, didn't that pull at you? Right. Yeah. I mean, you can go, but you can go both ways. And, but I mean, I don't practice, but I, I know I'm keenly aware of the legalese that can be put into terms and conditions or contracts. And sometimes even as a lawyer, I can read it and I have no idea what someone's trying to say. And it's like, you know, they're trying to say everything, but say nothing at the same time. And if I'm a lawyer and I can't understand some of what's going on in the terms and conditions and with the protection plans that these companies are offering, um, a layperson is probably going to have a harder time understanding that. So we really came at this when we think about transparency and building trust and being fair and driving value. That's across everything we do. And that starts with offer presentment. Right? When we pop up on a merchant's page, are we clearly and consistently telling a consumer what's covered, what's not covered? Is there a deductible? How do you file a claim? What does it look like when you file a claim? And then allowing them to double click into what's called the terms and conditions. So the terms and conditions are, you know, they can be 12, 15 pages long. They're regulated by many different states, so you have to have specific nuance in them, but it's basically what are our responsibilities, what are the customer's rights, and what governs uh, the, the purchase of your service contract, your protection plan. We completely rewrote and got approved by all of the state regulators our own easy-to-understand terms and conditions. So our terms and conditions have tooltips like if you were online and you would mouse over or something, an icon, you didn't know what it was. We have tooltips for almost every section on the right side of our terms and conditions, explaining in plain English what the legal mumbo jumbo means. See, we're not trying to hide behind anything. We're not trying to create customer confusion. We're trying to create clarity. And when you create the clarity of information and people understand what they're purchasing, we have found that an informed consumer 
who understands the value they're getting converts at a three to four, sometimes even five times higher rate for extended warranties and protection plans than the legacy providers are driving today. So let me say that one more time. Because we, from the beginning, are fair, transparent, and open and educating consumers on the value of what they're spending money on with our extended warranties and protection plans, we're seeing conversion rates. How many people out of 100 buy an extended warranty when offered that are three, four, sometimes even five times greater than the legacy protection plan providers? Our attach rates are 14, 16, even 20% plus across our merchant universe. You know, all those metrics are super impressive. And the only thing I can't, the one thing I can't get out of my head is like, my God, I wish that there were some just sort of like translate tool that I could just highlight some text in a contract available mm-hmm. online somewhere. And it just like live edits that for me. There's a good business. Somebody out there listening to this, maybe you don't practice. Maybe maybe you you went to law school or something like that, you know, similar to our guest. And have that in mind because my God, wouldn't that be easy? Wouldn't that be a great experience for a consumer? But it is undeniable the business case here. And um, obviously it's showing, even though you've been around for what, just about three years, just a little over, um, you have been able to to grow and create those great experiences and those great relationships. You're doing so externally. Now, as we, uh, I've got a, a few more questions here for you, but before I get to the big other F word here, which is future, I need to talk about how you're doing things internally. And maybe this is where fandom becomes a little bit more recognizable of a word, because of course, you're building relationships with everybody who's uh, getting covered through your goods and services or through your services. How do you make sure that your employees are fans of you too? I, I'm gonna, and I'm going to say a quote here, because folks, we do a little bit of prep. And the, the quote that I wrote down from my notes were, uh, was, you can't create external fans without internal ones. Well, that's plain English to me. Uh, but I'd love to, let's say, double click into that a little bit more, if you could, Woody. For sure. So we live in a different world today after the pandemic where there's less face-to-face interaction. And, you know, Extend is a remote first company. We do have offices in New York and in Austin and in San Francisco. But for the most part, we have people working from everywhere, wherever that they can be effective. And... I think that it's really important to build good internal culture. And people throw that word around a lot, culture, culture, culture. What does that mean? Do you, how's your culture? Do you have a culture? Is it good culture? Right? And I think the simple answer is you can't BS culture. You either have it or you don't. And that comes from the founders, right? That comes from the executives and it trickles down throughout the organization. And, you know, I'm passionate about what we're doing here. Right. I used to be a competitive athlete. I played, you know, sparingly, but I played Division One college hockey at the University of Wisconsin. And uh, I'm extremely competitive. And, and now this is my competition. But right? I want to build. I want to win. I want to be proud of what we're doing. And I like to, to bring people on this journey, right, the, the, the team members that we have at Extend who are also focused on that. Um, we give people ownership here, right? We're not micromanaging them. We hire them. Uh, and we, we point them towards what we want them to go tackle and they get to figure out how to do it. You know, two of the biggest things that at the beginning of the year that um, I shared with the entire team were about 440, 450 people right now were, was number one, focus. Number two, accountability. What are the key things which we're going to focus on? What are we going to drive forward this year? Right? And what's going to be expected of you? And if you provide your team members with those two things, here's what we're going to focus on. And here's what's going to be expected of you to get us towards those goals, right? I believe that you create a culture, you create an environment where people can thrive. 
So not only do they become fans of the work they're doing, but they become fans of the culture and the environment, and they become fans of the team that they're on. So again, as we, you know, when we talked before, you can't create external fans if the internal people are not passionate about what they're doing. And that doesn't mean that everyone here has to wake up every day and go, oh my gosh, I love service contracts. I love extended warranties because besides me and a couple other people here, probably not many people do, right? But they need to be stimulated by the challenges here. They need to feel like they're making an impact. They need to feel like there's a career opportunity. And they need to feel, again, like our customers feel that I am being transparent about where the company's going and what we're doing. Well, I mean, it's it's easy to uh, it's easy to just throw that word around as you said at the beginning, culture, and be like, oh, it's great, yeah, everybody. Uh, you know, it's just such a team dynamic, and you could very quickly slip into an area where, even if somebody's an employee, to, you know, over time, just to be like, you know, start to look around and say, ooh, okay, people really don't either practice what they preach or. Uh, it's just not as important as they claimed it was when I was signing my papers. But, you know, I, I, I completely agree with you. And it's something that we don't really talk about a whole lot on the show. Again, we mostly just talk about consumer experiences, but you really can't do that and hope to build it, especially in a world where it hasn't really been prevalent before, like in the business that you're in, uh, without having those internal advocates. Um, because that's how, uh, well, that's how you build the best team in the future. Now, let's talk about that future as we begin to round out today. You know, I would broadly just say, well, what do you think the future of Extend looks like? But rather, I want to go back to something we touched on uh, towards the top, which, uh, and we, we touched on it lightly while talking about owning the full stack of, of your service, but just in a broad sense, looking at what the future of e-commerce tool sets should be, and maybe the future of what consumers within e-commerce should expect. Because if you have services like Extend, where you're the Apple care of everything, well, all of a sudden, I mean, you're that's like bringing a top-level service in with anything from a one-person mom-and-pop shop all the way up to the, the largest retailers out there. It makes me wonder what other elements of that consumer experience we should expect in the future to rise to that level of the biggest and greatest to survive. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's coming from Extend's standpoint, we're really focused, Adam, on up-leveling and, and owning the entire post-purchase experience for consumers. And if you think about how much money is spent and how much time and effort is spent on pre-purchase, right, getting customers to the merchant, getting the product or in their cart, right, clicking on that button, right, so there's the pre-purchase, uh, there's at purchase, right? Which is how do you check out? Is it one click checkout? Is it buy now, pay later? Is it Stripe? Is it PayPal? Whatever it may be. And then what happens post-purchase? And in so many industries, what you see is you see an unbundling of services. And that leaves you with dozens or more of providers who are offering discrete services, right? To a user base or a merchant base in this case. And you have to manage dozens of different integrations. So what usually happens is that over time you see a rebundling that happens. And um, you're left with maybe three or four integrations, but they're also they're still providing you with this wide array of services. And Extend wants to own the post-purchase experience for our merchants and their customers. And there's a lot that we're building there. 
in order to be able to provide a more streamlined experience, just like we're doing by owning the entire stack internally for service contracts, we've identified, and unfortunately I can't share all of them today, but we've identified multiple customer interactions, multiple customer merchant interactions that take place post-purchase that are very disjointed and disorganized today. So as we look towards the future, where we want to grow is to really go deeper in that merchant stack. And we can, because of the significant right to play across the merchant stack, because of how we integrate into their ERP, into their order management system, uh, into their customer uh, service stack, uh, into their billing and accounting system, we are already there. So we're getting pulled deeper in the merchant stack, which allows us to do more for customers and merchants in the post-purchase timeline. Well, I'm sure you have a master plan. I don't want you to uncover that plan for us, but maybe, and I've done this a couple times, but I'll round out with this then. Perhaps you can help me by filling in this blank, and I'm going to make a sentence, and hopefully you can fill it for me. The sentence reads as follows. If I have anything to say about it, the future of best-in-class e-commerce experiences will not include blank. What's that blank for you? It will not include customer confusion, frustration, misinformation. Um, I, I think that's the focus, right? Eliminating confusion, eliminating frustration, uh, eliminating misinformation. Well, there you have it. Well, I, I appreciate you um, going into this world with us. It's a world that I, I knew very little about even before jumping on the mic. And listeners, I'm guessing you probably haven't explored this world. Or you've certainly explored it less than Woody. And as it relates to creating relationships and maybe fans down the road, it's just an angle that we wouldn't normally approach. So for looking into that lens with us, Woody, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Adam. I really appreciate the time. Thanks again to Woody Levin for joining us and telling us how Extend is building relationships. I enjoy chats like this. It makes me wonder what other often ignored offerings are quickly building followings and maybe even fandoms. And thanks to you, the listener, of course, for exploring the future of fandom with us. I'd encourage you to stay connected. So subscribe to the future of fandom wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can also find all of our content at livelike.com slash podcast and across socials, LinkedIn at livelike and Twitter at livelike Inc. I look forward to predicting the future again with you real soon. And until then, I'm Adam Connor saying so long and thanks for being a fan.